Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Uh, it's uh, an honest and sometimes raw, although we try to stay aware, away from bad language, right? Just a little coaching there. Yeah. Uh, an honest and sometimes raw look at the issues of addiction and recovery. Uh, and it's one of the most watched and listened to podcasts uh, dealing with those issues. Uh, you can watch it on on the Odyssey YouTube channel, and you can listen to it on any kind of podcast platform. And we're also on, and one of the reasons we can't use bad language is we're on an AM radio station uh, here in Salt Lake City, and they are governed by the FCC, and they would be in trouble. And it's KKAT AM 860 every Saturday and Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and they rebroadcast this. So... That's why we got to keep it clean, gang. I'm Randall Carlisle. My co-host is Nicole Slack, and our guest today is George. Welcome, George. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking. I, I was thinking. You know, we always talk about you know your background and and what got you in trouble and how you're succeeding. And I was thinking about the fact, and Nicole, you run into this all the time because you deal with people at admissions. And one of the first questions people have is, how long's the program, right? Yeah. And what do you, what do you tell them? Uh, I always tell them it's as long as you need it to be. It's your journey. Everyone's is different. Everyone has a different journey. So some people are a year and some people are 90 days. And they, of course, hear 90 days and that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I only have to be here for three months. Yeah. Right? And I'm always... I'm always very, like, just stay open-minded because it could change at any time, too. Like, my journey, I wanted it to be short and get through it, and I ended up in there for seven months, and it's just, I needed it, so. And, and that brings me back to, and, and I have a criticism of many of the for-profit programs when they only have, like, a 28-day or a 30-day program, and, and I find it hard to believe that somebody, we're all in recovery. I was a functional alcoholic for decades, okay? And you were only, what, four years? Yeah. And George, how long? Uh, about eight years. Okay. So we're talking about behaviors, mine for decades, yours for eight, yours for four, and saying, go into this place, and in 30 days, we're going to turn you around, and you're never going to do this again. Yeah. Which is sort of hard to believe, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I just look at that and go, like, the work. Like, good for you if you yeah. can do that work in 30 days. I wasn't even aware of the work I had to do for the first four months. So. Which brings us to George. And you and I were talking just before we started recording this. How long have you been in Odyssey this time around? Uh, I've been in Odyssey for about... I was in residential for five months, and now I'm going on a month in the outpatient program. So when you finally graduate, how long will it have been from beginning to end? Um, I estimate about nine months. Okay. Yeah. Outpatient can be the same, though, as inpatient. Yeah. Some people are in outpatient for extended amount of time. Some people try to get it done in the three months. The three months, yeah. That's, that's the hard thing that you deal with and I do when people say, how long's the program? Because 
we don't have a set time limit. And so you can only use an average and say in three to five months, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But why does it take so long to get through a program? And, and, and I would argue that's one of the reasons we're so successful. It's also one of the reasons why people leave, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it is a long time. Why do you think it takes so long? Um, well, for me, uh, I was on that same boat of wanting to, you know, get out, boom, boom, boom. Um, I was planning on doing the three months before I got in there. Um, but then I got my therapist, um, and she she kind of made it a point, I don't transition you out at disco. Uh, you have to go as a voyager. And then I was like, okay, cool. I'm down with that. So, um, But I was kind of disappointed at first because I wanted to get out, you know, like, um, but as time went on, you you learn to love the people you're in recovery with, and you learn to just love your recovery. Um, when I was in, uh, as I was transitioning out, I, I was um, kind of scared to leave because I was going to miss the people. And so for me, the main reason why it took so long is because I didn't want to leave my peers because um, I was having fun with them. The house was having fun. We were you know, doing the things necessary to have a fun recovery. So, yeah. Fun recovery? Yeah. Those are those are two words <laughs> that people don't always put together. Yeah. That, 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 for me, that's what I based my recovery around is fun because I believe if you're not having fun in your recovery, you're not recovering. You're not happy. You know what I mean? So that's just what I think. Nicole, why did you change your mind after... You're in for a little while, and you, you you thought you were going to get out quickly, and then then you stayed longer. I think I got to the root of why I was abusing alcohol at like four months. It was like, oh, it's not because I just want to escape. Why do I want to escape? And when I realized that, I was like, okay, let's do the work. Like, let's. I want to get to the root of that so that I don't get back to where I was. Because I had tried not, not drinking, right. and it, that didn't work. It would be months. I did, like, eight months of just, like, I didn't feel like drinking. I didn't want to. But then the second something hard happened in my life, it was right back to drinking. So I think that's what I realized was I need to get to the why or I'm not going to stop. Why do you think, Pete, you've seen, you've seen people come and go you have as well <laughs> a lot of people who we call it lock uh, leaving against clinical advice um, why do most people leave if you is is there one reason that you can come up with no <laughs> I, for me it's just i they're not ready to buy into the program okay um, with everything that comes with odyssey um, they're not ready to change those their mindset in their their criminal ways, you know, um, a lot of people look at it as a snitch program, whatever. But it's not anything. It's just getting you out of those behaviors to prevent you from going back to using. And that's I, what I feel like people they're not ready to buy into the program yet. You were a house supervisor. Did you notice? I noticed when I was a navigator. Uh, a lot of the people left right after they got an intervention. Exactly, yeah. So I would say the majority is right after an intervention. Just we, uh, we use a lot of terms in Odyssey that people watching may not understand. So intervention is, I guess we should point out that, that we have different levels in the program that yeah. people go through. Uh, so an intervention is what? 
an intervention is at any point in your program if you are held accountable to an action you did and you're held accountable by your peers and you're it's not like a room full of people it's just a couple of your peers sit you down and say you know hey you were uh, in the kitchen when you weren't supposed to be or whatever and this is your fourth time doing it what will help you do better at this behavior and then we talk to them about the behavior and then they get like a five-page paper on you know why rules are important and what's causing you to break this rule or what and then usually right after that is a locker it's it, and, and I think that goes back to the concept of instant gratification mm -hmm. and and dealing with reality of the outside world sober as opposed to getting high and I, I mean I can I can relate if anything unfair at work ever happened, uh, I, w I would go home and start drinking and I'd say, damn them. I can say damn, it's okay. The FC <laughs> that's an okay word with the FCC. Uh, yeah, and it would always be because of allegedly what they did to me and then that's how I dealt with it. And that was my, my go-to mechanism and, and, and instant gratification so if you're working and you're at, at a certain level and somebody calls you out in, 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 an audit, in our program or in any program, then, then it's like, oh, gee, this, it's not fair. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that. Well, because that's happened to me. I was the, the house coordinator, and um, there's an incident that happened in one of our groups, and uh, two of the peers kind of got into it, and we didn't. Do we didn't write our encounters, um, you know, holding those peers accountable for their actions, and then um, I ended up getting busted back uh, to um, Compass Senior, and yeah, I, I was like, that's not fair. Da -da -da -da. I was just close to just walking out, um, but then I stopped at the little the border of where we're considered lock in and decided to go back and talk to my case manager and she helped me a lot to stay and later on I got my level back so it was a good thing I stayed <laughs> and see I think that's a great learning experience yeah. because you know in real life what you I mean I used booze but but in real life it, it's pretty counterproductive if something unfair hap or what you think is unfair to you happens and then you say okay I'm leaving yeah, I mean, you'd be in a bunch of job, different jobs. Yeah, and, that's know. why I think it's a behavior modification yeah. program. It's not fighting your addiction. It's not that you drink. What causes you to drink? What causes you to run? What causes you to feel that intensely about something and <clears throat> dealing with that? And so yeah, sometimes I got interventions where I was like, "You're joking." I had no control over that, or yeah. I totally I let you know you can't leave your medication out. I left my inhaler in my pocket, and I had a restart, which is hard. Yeah, as a disco, which is this, it's disco is like the level where some people can leave, but I chose to stay through Navigator, mm -hmm. um, and I was a disco, and I was it was such a silly thing to leave my inhaler, and I was just like, "You are kidding me." But that's the first one where I, instead of like immediately, well, I immediately was like, oh, you know, forget this. And then like a second later, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I'm going to have this intervention. Just one week. 
It's just one <laughs> week. It, it, it's okay that I messed up and I did mess up. I left my inhaler in my pocket mm-hmm. and it wasn't anyone else's fault but mine. And it is super silly to me. But yeah, people shouldn't leave their medication out. So I finally like learned to cope with that. And it was so nice to see myself do it properly. So I think you get to the point where you are okay yeah. with your interventions. And I should point out, we're, this, this podcast is not aimed at, at promoting Odyssey House. It's just that we're all more familiar with the Odyssey House program than we are with some of the other programs. And there are other great programs uh, for people to go through, although I still disagree with the 30-day program, just my own personal thought. Uh, but it, it, but each program works differently. Some programs, are, maybe our program isn't right for someone, but maybe another program would be right for someone. And, and I think people need to find out, you know, how a program works, what their goal is, and I, and I like what you said, that we're not, we're not an anti-drug or a drug control program. We're a behavior modification program. So what kind of behaviors? Let's talk a little about your past, George. What? Um, so growing up, I was raised right, you know. Um, really? Yeah. My parents taught me well. Uh, grew up uh, in the LDS faith and just, you know, I was with what you call the golden boy of my family. Wow. Um, I, was, I played football, uh, did well in football. Um, you know, I had big dreams to go far in that. Um, I served in uh, an LDS mission um, in South Africa, Cape Town. Uh, did that for two years. But when I got back, um, but, you know, growing up, you know, of course, you got your friends and you're always... Um, kind of get involved in things and I got involved in in fighting with people from um, the Glendale area and uh, you know is is just immature stuff um, th- thought I was cool because I was fighting against other people got involved in gangs and stuff and then um, I kind of cleaned up and then was able to go on my mission and then uh, when I got back um, I think that's when I got tempted the most with, you know, all these things, um, fell into, I went to Snow College, um, and started drinking there, um, with some of my friends from, from where I'm from, um, and then it just started going down here from there, uh, I was drinking, getting drunk, I got kicked out of Snow College, um, for fighting, um, and then just the drinking just kept getting worse and worse, drinking with my buddies. That led to doing coke. And then uh, what got me into doing um, meth was probably um, why well, I used this is just an excuse for me testing things out, but it was because a girl. Um, I saw a Snapchat of her and another guy, and that just killed me. Um, but in all reality, I didn't accept the fact that she wasn't mine anymore and I kind of used that as an excuse to go and try meth and um, I was with my buddy and we're in uh, one of our friend's apartments and we were just doing coke and then next thing you know he's like let's do this let's do this and I was like no and then finally I just gave into it Um, but yeah from high school all the way to now is 
I was always raised right, but you know, but one thing my dad always taught me is like, we'll teach you the correct principles, but it's up to you to govern yourself. And I, you know, chose to go a different Not path. Not govern yourself. Yeah, chose to so, let the so drugs. So meth was your drug of choice. Yeah, and 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 you had uh, issues with the criminal justice system. Yeah. Um, so when I started using meth, that's when I started going and going to jail and stuff. Um, I've got like twenty three bookings. Um, twenty three. Yeah. Wow. Um, and you know, just for just typical tweaker stuff, <laughs> uh, stealing cars, um, running away from the police, going on high speed chases, um, you know, uh, resisting arrest, all those things. Um, and all those things I would have never done. Sober. Sober. <laughs> you know, uh, the drug can really make you think you're something you're really not. Um, and so... People yeah. don't understand that when you're under the influence of a drug or alcohol, you're looking at life entirely different. And what you, if you think, you know, uh, leading police on a chase is a logical behavior because they're trying to stop you, you, at the yeah. time, it probably seemed like it was the yeah. right thing to do. Yeah, and you know, growing up, my dad, he would always tell me, if you ever get involved with the police, make sure always be honest with them and once again I disregarded his teachings and would try running away you know resisting. did you honestly think you were going to get away when you started the chase I've always wondered that too <laughs> so the only time I've ever really gotten caught and I'm not proud of this or anything but was when I was on a bike uh, a motorcycle but every in a car I got away but not in <clears throat> and you think you'd get away on the motorcycle yeah but yeah, they got you me. see these chase scenes in movies with a helicopter over yeah. hovering and, and like 10 different police agencies from different yeah. jurisdictions trying to stop you, and you still got away. Yeah. I, well, yeah, when I, I wasn't that big of a criminal to have a helicopter, but, you know, it was just the squad. You got to be a real badass <laughs> for that one. Yeah, yeah you got to be really a real bad criminal to have them on you like that. And And... This time around in Odyssey House is your third third, third go round with Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Explain that. So um, the first time, so I did cat uh, cats um, in jail for three months, and that we, sh we should tell you if you're watching for the first time or something. Cats is a program that Odyssey administers in the Salt Lake County Jail, and it's a three-month program yeah. that's similar to our residential treatment, only yeah. only you can't go locker. Yeah, you, <laughs> nope, but you sure can get interventions. Um, but yeah, I did CATS for three months, and then I got out, um, you know, thinking I was ready. But that night, I relapsed and, and um, went straight back to doing what I was doing. Um, the, the, the night you got out of jail? The night I got out of jail. And, um, and I could remember, um, Tamara, the, the, what is it called? The, she's head over cats. Right. Um, she, she was telling me, I don't think you should go to outpatient. She was like telling me, I don't think so. But I was like, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. Cause I thought I was ready, you know? Um, but I'm very impulsive. And that night I went to a wedding and my cousin, he was like, Let's go outside. And I went outside and just, you wow. know, yeah. 
Um, and so, then, you, so you failed, failed the yeah. CATS program then? Mm -hmm. And then I got incarcerated again. Um, and then uh, I was on ankle monitor and I relapsed. And then that's when um, uh, my the officer who was watching over me suggested that I go to um, Odyssey House. Um, so they had me on ankle monitor. I went there. Um, and like I told you, we went on a walk. I seen the bus coming and I was like, peace out. And so I left, relapsed. Um, and they got me that same day because I was, right when I was planning on cutting the ankle monitor off, which I'm glad I didn't, they pulled up and arrested me again. And I for sure thought I was done. And so those are the, and then now I'm here um, trying to graduate, you know, um, third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. What, and again, it's sort of like Nicole asked you about the police chase. Didn't you? you know, if, if you came to Odyssey, you had an ankle monitor on, and you kept walking when the bus came to take you back to the residential, didn't you know you'd be, that something was going to happen? Because yeah. um, I, I, I was, in my mind, I was still thinking, I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? How am I going to cut this off so that they don't know where they don't, because... You know, when you're high, you're paranoid, and you're like, right when I cut it off, they're going to be there right then and there, yeah. you know? Um, so I went, and I was getting high, and I was just trying to figure out a way how I could do this. And um, I was like, all right, we're going to drive. I'm going to cut it and throw it out the window while we're driving so they can't find me. And But right when I walked out of the house, um, the officer pulled up, and I was like, oh, <laughs> great. Is it like, an additional charge to cut off your ankle monitor? Yeah, it's a, um, uh escape charge to uh, felony one so wow. so I'm grateful I didn't do that you know but you took so long to come up with a yeah, game plan that yeah. you, you know how, like <laughs> when, when you're high you're like constantly overthinking <laughs> stuff you're like how can I do this how can I do this? and then not only that but like you're busy trying to get higher and um yeah so right when I walked out they pulled up put me in shackles and I went to jail so I got away from that Extra charge. So the third time's a charm, and you've been in here in the Odyssey program for seven, Going seven on six months. months. Yeah, and by the time you graduate, it'll be about nine. Uh, that that's where I should be able to graduate, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm still trying to get into the feel of outpatient, um, the Voyager program, because I'm the newest. Me and my other peer were the newest ones to the group, so we're just kind of getting a feel for everything. What do you see in your future? What are you planning on? Um, so hopefully, never coming back to Odyssey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, coming back, but as a uh, working, working, at working as a, uh, that's one of my goals is is to come in and give back to this community and to the people I've, you know, I know what they're going through. Um, but right now, you know, I'm just working, uh, trying to um, pay for my. License, my license is like 900 bucks to get it back. Um, but I plan on doing that and then um, going to CDL school, ah. get my CDL um, so I can drive locally or do the long haul thing. Um, but I'm just basically planning on staying in, reco in the recovery community. Um, my main thing is trying to get back to Odyssey and, and, and get back to whatever house, but, you know, mainly downtown. 
that you seem, I mean, I've, I've seen you at a lot of meetings and everything else, and you seem like a peaceful, lovable, nice guy, but you must have been a real badass when you were in gangs or something, uh, and mean, probably won a lot of the fights, right? <laughs> I mean, the only fight I've ever lost was uh, against my dad. You had a physical fight with your dad? Well, not really. I didn't swing. That I'd probably die. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it is, um, yeah, nothing I'm proud of. Uh, I've gotten shot before for, you know. Um, You've been shot? Yeah. Where? In my arm. In my arm and in my side. Um, I was, me and, I lost a friend that night as well. Um, we went out to, we went out to go collect money. Um, this guy came, picked me up, and um, me and another friend, we went over there. You know, the rules of the game is if you're going to collect, you make sure you're strapped up. And that means having a gun on you or whatever. Um, and for me, I, I've never been into guns. I've always been a, a fighter, and so that wasn't my, like, if we were going to do that, I'm fighting. I'll, I'll beat up the people or whatever. Um, so we ended up doing that. I was trying to protect, not protect, but, like, back up one of my friends who um, the guy was walking up behind him with a, a twenty two. Um, so I was beating him up, and then my friend had another guy held up. But when he dropped the twenty two, my friend went to pick it up, and that's when the guy who he was watching pulled out a forty, and then that's when I heard it and I got off the dude and then I was like, oh crap, and not not thinking he was gonna. I thought you know people just waved their gun, but this guy just went chick, chick, and then boom boom, and just shot me. Um, and wow. yeah, and, and it was crazy. We all fled and uh, when I ran. You know, in the movies, when stuff like that happens, you, 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 the people, like, they're looking up into the sky and stuff, and you're like, he's being dramatic. That I really did that. I went out, and I looked up to the streetlight, and I was like, did I really just get a shot? Um, and then I heard nine more shots go off. Boom, 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 wow. boom, 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 boom. And um, unfortunately, my friend, uh, that's when he um, got killed in... Uh, when I heard that, I ran to um, the Main Street Motel, and that's where I collapsed. I lost a lot of blood, and I was in critical condition. Um, I think the worst part of all that, of course, was, would be losing my friend, but then um, just uh, when, when I was recovering, my, uh, my mom had told me that um, she was sleeping, and then she heard my brother... My brother was yelling, no, like, George, um, things like that. And then my mom asked him what was going on. And then he had told her, George got shot and died. Uh, and for for me, um, having my mom have that be the first thing she, have her hear that I died, um, it's just heartbreaking. Because, uh, wow. you know, no son never wants to put their mother through that, but I did. Um, uh, and um, it just tore me up because uh, when I woke up, uh, she was the first person, you know, she was like, 
patting my head sure. and stuff like that. Sure. So, um, yeah, that, that was just something hard that I, you know, had to deal with, knowing that I put my mom through that. So, Thank goodness your life has turned around. Yeah. You're a story like that. It's like, just, you don't have to worry about that crap anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah now I, she's nothing but smiles now. I'll bet. We're out of time, believe it or not. So thank okay. you, George, for sharing your story with us. Good to see you again, Nicole. You too. And thank you for watching or listening to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Thank you.